right, kids. I am back. And right now I'm reading this from a from a hotel room in where your grandpa used to live, my dad. Walking away to get something. We're having my father's funeral on Saturday. Well, it's Thursday right now. And I want to get here early to see my sisters who are coming from out of state. And sadly, uh, their flight was canceled. So they have to come, come here tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, so there's, there's still time. I just, it's too bad I wish there would have been time for us to hang out more just by ourselves, the four of us, because I don't think that's happened in a very long time. Um, Let's see, today I, it's so sweet, whenever the kids know I'm going away for a little bit, like a, a day or two, they always get really sad, and and uh, especially the entrepreneur and the namesake, they get just so, they just get really, really sad. Sorry, I'm responding to a text, I gotta like turn my... What's it called off? I have to turn my data off. Um, uh, so they're very sweet. And this morning around 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. as I was leaving, I kissed the king and the namesake goodbye. I didn't kiss the, the spy or the entrepreneur because I think that would have woken them up for the rest of the morning. And I don't want to do that to your mom. But uh, the namesake started crying a little bit. He was sad that I was going to be gone. Um, and then... The king was just really, he hugged me and said, I'm going to do great, Dad, and I believed him. Because you are. You are great. You're great just as you are, and I, and I love you. So I told you boys, you know, you're the man of the house now. you got to take care of your mom. you got to be good to her. you got to, you know, do everything she says. And they were all excited about that. And it's interesting, because my dad would say that stuff to me, and I would get excited about it. And having, seeing it from my point of view... He's not wrong. You guys are the men of the house when I'm gone, even the spy. And it's it's very important that you represent me there and honor your mom. And so far, you guys do great. It's, it's a nice bellwether to see what kind of men you'll be when I'm not there and how you treat your mom. So, so anyways... So we're reading Judges. I think we're going to keep reading about... Was it Deborah we're still, still reading about? I don't know. Let's see. We're Judges 5. Where are we? Here we go. I'm reading from my father's Bible. And what do you know? I went right, right to 5. Let's see. Hang on. There's a... Cousin is texting me because I want to meet with your oh, but your cousin, your third oldest cousin, lives kind of close to Nana to the, to your grandparents. So. I'm scatterbrained today. I have a lot on my mind, and just a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I really hope 
really hope they're able to fly in tomorrow. That would be absolutely tragic if they couldn't do that. Really, really, really tragic. So, so anyways, let me just... Uh, I might pause this for a second. Hang on, I'm trying to turn the data off, I think. Actually, not that far. Oh, it's an hour, though. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit. And, and then what else? I don't know. I don't know. I pray for you, kids. I pray for your faith. I really hope you stay with Jesus. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm really not. And, you know, after high school, a lot of kids fall away from the faith. And I pray that you guys don't do that. <sighs> I miss you too, guys. I really do miss you. You know, when I'm gone from it for a day, it's this, I miss, I actually do miss the noise. It's sad, as weird as that is, I miss just everything about you guys. It's I just miss you. So, all right. Without further ado, Judges chapter five. On that day, Deborah and Barak, or Barak, son of Abinoam, sang the song. When the princes of, in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. O Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the day of Jael, the roads were abandoned, travelers took to winding paths, village life in Israel ceased, ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. When they chose new gods, war came to the city gates, and not a shield or spear was seen. Among 40,000 in Israel, my heart is with Israel's princes, and with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of his warriors in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up. Break out in song. Arise, O Barak. Take captive your captives, O son of Abinom. Then the men who were left came down to the nobles. The people of the Lord came to me with the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Makir, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a com commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, rushing after him in the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why do you stay among the campfires to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. Hang on. What heck of a song? The people of Zebulon risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the heights of the field. Kings came, they fought. The kings of Canaan fought, 
at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. But they carried off no silver, no plunder. From the heavens the stars fought. From their courses they fought against the Sira. The river Kishon swept them away. The age-old river, the river uh, uh, Kishon, it's Kishon. March on my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horses' hoofs. Galloping, galloping, go as mighty steeds. Curse Moroz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women, be Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. Most blessed of the tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk in a bowl fit for nobles. She brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent pig. Her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. There he lay. At her feet she sank. Or he sank. He fell where he sank. Where he fell dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answered her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils? A girl for two for each man? A girl or two for each man? Colorful garments is plunder for Sisera. Colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck. All this is plunder. So may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace 40 years. 40 years, not bad. I'm going to pause it because I just got a message from someone. Hang on. It might be one of my sisters. All right. Chapter 6. Oh, this is a good one. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they uh, cried out to the Lord for help. Excuse me. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, uh, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in, in Ophrah that belonged to Jos- Joash, the Abirzerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in, the, in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But, sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all those wonders that our fathers told us about when they did, when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength 
you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until your return. Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them uh, to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. And this is something my um, my father wrote. Uh, he wrote in the, in the comments, uh, Finally, Gideon knew when he said, Ah, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord. And then he, um, I'm going to keep going. But the Lord said to him, Peace, okay, you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, and my dad underlined this, The Lord is peace. And then my dad wrote in the comments, Jehovah Shalom. To this day it stands in Ophrah as the, of the Abizrites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one, the one seven-year-old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of his height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men in town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it, cut down, and the second bull sacrificed in the newly built altar. They asked each other, Who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The men of the town demanded, of Josh, bring out your son, he must die, because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Josh replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is God, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon Jerubal, saying, Let Baal contend with him because he broke down Baal's altar. Now, all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizrites to follow him. He sent messengers through Manasseh, calling them to to arms, and also into Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet meet them. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece, and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece wrung out of the dew, a bowl full full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. 
Allow me one more test with the fleece. This time make the fleece dry and the ground cover with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Let me take a break. Gideon's kind of like the doubting Thomas of prophets. Chapter 7. And my dad underlined some stuff in this one. Early in the morning, Jerobal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod, or Harad. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. In order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, announce now to the people, and this is what my dad highlighted, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down in the water. I will sift them for you. If I say, This one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told them, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues, like a dog from those who kneel down and drink. 300 men lapped their hands to their mouths. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, this is another thing my dad underlined, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern people had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. My dad underlined that part. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah, towards Zerira, as far as the border of Abel Mehola, near Tabith. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all of Manasseh were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. 
Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country to, of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as the Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they took the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Barah. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. Chapter 8. Now the Ephraimites asked Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they criticized him sharply. Uh, but he answered them, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't the gleanings of Ephraim's grapes better than the full grape harvest of Abizar? God gave Oreb and Zeb, the Midianite leaders, into your hands. What was I able to do compared to you? At this their resentment against him subsided. Gideon and his three hundred men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. He said to the men of Succoth, Give my troops some bread, they are worn out, and I am still pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth said, Do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? Then Gideon replied, for that, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. From there he went up. Oh, that's not good. Let's see. From there he went up to Peniel and made the same request of them, but they answered as the men of Sekoth had. So he said to the men of Peniel, When I return in triumph, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karker with a force of about 15,000 men. All that were left of the armies of the eastern peoples, 120,000 swordmen had fallen. Gideon went up by the route of the Nobads east of Noba and Jugbeha, and fell upon the unsuspecting army. Zeba and Zalmunna, the two kings of Midian, fled, but he pursued them and captured them, routing their entire army. Gideon, son of Joash, then returned from the battle by the pass of Harris. He caught a young man of Succoth and questioned him, and the young man wrote down for him the names of the seventy-seven officials of Succoth, the elders of the town. Then Gideon came and said to the men of Succoth, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, about whom you taunted me by saying, Do you already have the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your exhausted men? He took the elders of the town and taught the men of Succoth a lesson by punishing them with desert thorns and briars. He also pulled down the tower of the Peniel and killed the men of the town. Then he asked Zeba and Zalmunna, What kind of men did you kill at Tabor? Men like you, they answered, each one of them bearing of a prince. Each one, each one with the bearing of a prince. Gideon replied, Those are my brothers, the sons of my own mother. As surely as the Lord lives, if you had spared their lives, I would not kill you. Turning to Jether, his oldest son, he said, Kill them. But Jether did not draw his sword because... He was only a boy and was afraid. Zeb and Zalmunna said, Come do it yourself. As is the man, so is his strength. So Gideon stepped forward and killed them and took the ornaments off their camels' necks. The Israelites said to Gideon, Rule over us, you, your son, and your grandson, because you have saved us out of the hand of Midian. But Gideon told them, I will not rule over you, nor will my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. And he said, 
I do have one request that each of you give me an earring from your share of the plunder. It was the custom of the Ishmaelites to wear gold earrings. They answered, We'll be glad to give them. So they spread out a garment, and each man threw a ring from his plunder into it. The weight of the gold rings he asked for came to 1,700 shekels, not counting the ornaments, the pennants, and the purple garments worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains that were on their camels' necks. Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worshipping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land enjoyed peace forty years. Jerubal, son of Joash, went back home to live. He had seventy sons of his own, for he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also bore him a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at the good old age, at a good old age, and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah, of the Abizarites. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the, the Baals. They set up Baal Berith as their god and did not remember the Lord their God, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. They also failed to show kindness to the family of Jerubal, that is Gideon, for all the good things he had done for them. Well, it's a little intense for Gideon to ask a child to kill two grown kings. Like the kids who need some therapy. Um, I never asked you kids to kill anyone. I don't think. Um, a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure there. So, so I'm excited. So my niece is driving here, and uh, we're gonna maybe get some to eat or I don't, know. I don't know. She's a great. She's a great cousin. She's a good niece. Excited about that. I remember the day she was born, like it was yesterday. It's the thing about time, kids. It gets faster and faster. I'm going to read a lot. I'm going to get, definitely get through um, Judges on this trip. How many chapters are in Judges? I think it was like 20 something. Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. 20. 20. Da, 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 I think 21. That was. I was repairing a page and. Oh, boy. 21. Um, so, it's going to be a good day. Maybe I'll just take a nap. I don't know. I'm so, I just don't know what to do a lot of the time when I'm not around your mom. I'm just, it's hard because your mom's like, okay, we need to eat now. Or, okay, now it's time to go to bed. She didn't say those simple things to me. I would be like completely discombobulated all the time. So, anyways, that's it for this podcast. Love you all, and uh, and everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king.